0: Hi, we're your hosts, Leray Spindler and Lori Suba, and we're commercial real estate brokers with Scout Real Estate in Calgary. And you're listening to Leasing Out Loud. You are listening to episode 22 of Leasing Out Loud with your host, Leray Spindler and Lori Suba.
1: Welcome back, everybody. So today, Leray and I, were feeling a bit blue, guys. We just <laughs> lost a deal, mm-hmm. and we thought it was perfect timing to talk about why the deal we had all conditional, ready to go. Yes. And- The landlord required a personal indemnity, and so that caused the deal to crater. And it's not just this deal. We're hearing this a lot lately. Yeah, and you know what, Lorraine? It's like a sign of the times, I think. Mm -hmm. So for those that are listening, personal indemnification or a landlord requesting a guarantee is essentially the landlord saying, we want you to personally backstop This lease and landlords Mm -hmm. are doing that because it's kind of like risky business these days, Leray, in terms of leasing space, just given the current economic climate, especially if you're a new company. Yes, new
0: company, or through this pandemic, there's been some companies that have fared well or done even better, right? Like e commerce and grocery stores and that kind of use, but lots of companies have not fared so well, and they've been through some struggles. So then if you look at financial statements and look at this past year, for most companies, they're not looking as good as
1: they used to be. No, no, it's a common theme for sure. And especially where landlords are having to spend money on a deal. Mm -hmm. So in terms of building out space, Landlords view it sometimes as a risky venture, so they'll look at the financials for that entity that's going to be on the lease, and based on the risk, they're going to decide whether it's a green light to go, a red light, we're not doing this deal, or a yellow light, hey, we'll do it, but it's conditional or contingent upon a guarantee of some kind, or perhaps additional deposit, something that's going to give the landlord some comfort going ahead, that they know that this tenant will be around and be able to pay the bill.
0: Yeah, you bet. And landlords are approaching it a little bit different. Some Mm -hmm. groups have a higher tolerance to some risk than others. Right. Some are looking at the improvements or landlord work that they have to do to say, okay, what is work we're going to have to do for anybody? Yep. Say it's like a washroom build out. Right. The space doesn't have a washroom, needs to have a washroom. So I think there's still some comfort level and landlords realize there's certain work that has to be done for a space to be leasable. Yes. But if it's beyond that, then they're looking to say, okay, we need a bit of a partnership and a deal. The tenant has to have some skin in the
1: game. Yeah. Right. right. And the landlord. So, yeah. And different comfort levels. Definitely different comfort levels on the landlord's part for sure. Mm -hmm. Another really interesting thing we were chatting with our partner, Eve, who's more focused on the retail end of things. And really interesting, Leray, she had two separate landlords request financial information before the offer even hit the table. So (laughs) that is new. But again, that's a sign of the times where landlords are saying, we don't want to get into this negotiation without first knowing who we're talking to and what that covenant looks like. And those are some expectations that
0: are can get a little tricky to manage because you can imagine, like, if you're the business owner, the tenant looking to lease space and you haven't even got into a letter of intent or anything, because there's many, many business terms in a deal and... You're not even there, but they want you to disclose your financial statements. That's that, you know, it's
1: tough. It's tough. I know, and that's unusual. Typically, what would mm-hmm. happen? We've talked about this in past episodes. Typically, there's an offer that's exchanged. Right. Both parties agree on the terms of the deal. It's then conditional. We talked about this. One of the conditions is the financial or covenant check that the landlord will have. This is where we talked about, I think, in episode five, Lorrae, about timing your lease deal, having mm-hmm. your financial ducks in a row. Super great idea because it speeds up that process because the landlord's going to come to you and say, great, as soon as you're conditional, show me your financials. And it may be show me your financials for a period of time. It could be two or three years worth of financials. Right. So conditional on that step. And then what the landlords will do, they'll review those financials. And then like we talked about, typically they will say, okay, based on what we're seeing here and based on what we know we have to do as part of this deal, we're going to need to see some additional, as you say, skin in the game. So whether that's additional deposit, whether that is an indemnification of some kind, they may come to a tenant and say, okay, this is what we're going to need one thing we've talked about, and what we try to do when we're working on the tenant's behalf, is try to put a bit of a fence around that indemnification. Like it's not open ended, it's not just a free for all. Right. You can come after us for everything. So, as an example, we've been successful. Recently on a couple of deals where we have said, let's cap that indemnification to say the value of the Mm leaseholds that the landlord is investing or cap it for a period of time or have that depreciate over the term. So as you're proving that you can pay the bills, have that indemnification disappear. Right. So just some ideas on ways to kind of put a fence around it, because I know so many Tenants, that creates another element of risk. Yeah, another alternative that we've
0: seen in addition to a personal indemnification or additional security deposit, another avenue would be a letter of credit. Right. So we've seen that. That can be pretty common. Yeah. And again, that's one that can be for a certain value. Right. And you can go back to the bank each year and change it. So that's another Alternative that Mm -hmm. a landlord and tenant might be able to come to agreement on is a certain amount, but it could change. Like it could be reduced every year for three years. So there's still some creative ways that we can try and limit
1: this and appease both parties (laughs) to bring a deal together. Get the deal over the goal line for sure. Yeah. Well, I hope that helps clear that up for our listeners just in terms of. We're seeing more and more Mm -hmm. in terms of an ask on the financial side. We do recommend, like we talked about, do have your financials in order when you are going ahead with an offer, knowing that that's going to be a condition. The landlord's going to be asking you for that. So, have Mm -hmm. those ducks in a row. That will help the process tremendously. And be prepared if you're a newer company or you're a company that does not have, you know, a longstanding track record in terms of your financials, know that that's likely something that the landlord may be asking, particularly if you are doing a deal where there's a big spend. Absolutely. Yeah. And landlords have typically always try
0: to mitigate the risk to some degree Mm -hmm. and we're just seeing that grow for sure it's a sign of the times
1: like you said Lori. yeah it's a function of the market conditions and just where we're at today so just have to be creative sometimes in terms of how we structure this deal and how we work around this. So yeah, we hope that helps everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you have any comments or questions for us, feel free to shoot us a note at hello at scoutrealestate.ca oh. and join us next week where
0: we discuss the latest and greatest as always in commercial real estate. Thanks so much, everybody.
1: Have a great week. <laughs>